0: Batteries? Hi, Karis. It is good to see your sweet face. (laughs) All right. Today we're going to talk about where we are. You know, it's important to know where you are, it's important to know what your surroundings are, what your locale is. Uh, One thing that's important about knowing where you are is knowing how to act. Because you may act one way in one place when you can, you're supposed to act another way when you're somewhere else. Uh, believe me, I know, we raised three boys. And one of our greatest struggles was to teach them appropriate actions in certain places. For example, running, screaming, wrestling, throwing footballs and baseballs, all of those things are fine out in the backyard. Not in the house, right? So therefore, it's important to look around and say, oh, here's where I am. Therefore, I must act in this way. Another thing about knowing where you are is it can give you a real peace, a real sense of peace and security if you realize that you're in a good place and a safe place. For example... Being a good West Texas guy, I love the rain. A beautiful day is when it is pouring down rain. And I also even enjoy the thunder and lightning that sometimes comes along with the storms out here in West Texas. Because you know that if you're seeing those flashes of lightning and you're hearing that rumbling thunder, that it's either raining right then or it's probably going to rain. Now that's true, I love all that. If I'm sitting in my den, in my chair, looking out the window, drinking a cup of coffee, oh it's just great. Or even better, all snuggled up in my bed. You know, isn't it wonderful to be uh, uh, to, to be wake to be woke up in the middle of the night with a loud clash of thunder and then you hear the rain just pouring down and you just lie there and say, Thank you, Lord. Now, I love for it to rain. I love to see the lightning and hear the thunder if I'm safe and in a good place. There have been times where that hasn't been true. I remember having a bunch of teenagers up on top of of a mountain one time trying to get the rest of them up a cliff when a thunderstorm came up. It was pouring down rain. The lightning was striking all around us. There was electricity just buzzing in the air. And I began thinking, what am I going to tell the parents of these children when they get struck by lightning and they're all dead? Then a great sense of peace came over me when I remembered, I won't have to tell them anything. But that was one time where I was praying that it would stop raining and that it would stop lightning. It's important to look around and say, Where am I? Because it's from where we are that we sometimes get our sense of comfort and peace. It's where we are that tells us how we should act. Now, the reason we're talking about that this morning is that in our text today, Paul writes about a place that was special to him. It's a place that was so special to him that he mentions it so often. It was his favorite place to be. It was a place that he wanted others to come and join him in. In fact, he gave his whole life to going out and proclaiming the good news about this place and inviting others to come and be a part of it. When I noticed that he had mentioned this place in our text, I pulled out my concordance and began trying to count up how many times Paul mentions this place in his writings. I stopped counting at over a hundred. I think there's even more that I missed. But Paul believed and thoroughly thought, this is the place to be, and his plea was come live here. Now honestly, I had kind of noticed this before, but this was the first time I think that it really ever totally hit me about this place Paul was talking about. I sat down early in the week and opened my Bible and began to read through the text and try to understand it, and before I got very far, I noticed this special place. And so there I just went off. So like I said, I hope you studied the text (laughs) in your Bible class because today what we're going to do is look at this special place that Paul talked about and make sure that we understand that we can live in that place and then understand what the implications of being in that place are. Well, Let's look at the text and see why we're talking about all of this. The text begins with, children, obey your parents. Uh, I noticed in first service, I didn't pick up here, but in first service, I saw saw when I read that passage, about three or four uh, uh, parents went, (laughs) we like that, don't we? Kids, you need to hear that. Of course, it applies across the ages because we are all children in some sense, aren't we? But it is important for you to hear that. Children, obey your parents. But I want to tell you guys that the good news is you don't have to do that everywhere. You only have to do that when you're in a special place. When you're in a place where Paul loved to be. He says, when you look around and find yourself in this place, Then make sure that you obey your parents. The special place is in the Lord. In the Lord, Paul says. When you discover that that's where you are and that's where you live, it has implications then about how you should act and what you should do. And if you are living in this place, in the Lord, then you have certain obligations there are certain ways to behave. And one of those behaviors is that you honor your father and mother. Children, you obey your parents. Parents, you love your children and encourage them. Discipline, yes, but you don't frustrate them and make them angry. You work with them to grow up to understand what a special place that we live in. For we truly do live in the Lord. As I mentioned, Paul mentions this place place at least a hundred times. He calls it by different words. Uh, he, sometimes he talks about in the Lord. Sometimes he says in Christ. Sometimes he says in Christ Jesus, and sometimes he simply says in Him when he's referring to Jesus. So what I've done, and what I want to do for the rest of our time today is pull out some of these passages out of all the times that Paul mentioned this and look at these passages. I chose some that are very significant, and then I chose three or four that I just liked, okay? And and they're going to tell us a couple of things. One, they're going to tell us how we feel and how secure and, and where our peace comes from by being in this place. And then finally, we'll look and see, and it also tells us how we're supposed to act. While we're in this place. First one that we want to look at is Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. Now who wants to live forever? Who wants to live a life that is blessed forever? A life where all the problems and woes and pains and sorrows and tears. And all those things are banished. But who wants to live the kind of life that is the God life, the kind of life that is like His, and live it forever in His presence? Anybody want that? Here it is. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that's good information to know. It's good to know that that's where that happens. That's where you can feel secure. That's where you can be at peace. Even when you're looking out the window and you see the storms of life rolling by. You know that, but I am in the Lord. I am in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Very familiar passage, but I wonder if we ever noticed where we are. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Now, oftentimes we kind of stop reading right there, don't we? Because we got to the love of God, and that's what we want. We want to be loved by God. We want to live a be in a place where we can share our love with Him. Well, where is that place? It's right there, in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's where the love of God becomes real. That's where we experience the love of God, when we are truly in Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, this is just a, a passage where Paul's getting warmed up and ready to go. He's writing a letter to the Corinthians. But sometimes in those opening verses, he says some amazing things. He says, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified. Now, what does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be made, it's a saint, right? And to be made holy, to be set apart for something special. Who in here wants to be special? You don't have to keep raising your hand, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you get the point. We all want, don't you want to be someone special? You don't want to be ordinary. You don't want to be just left in the ma- You want to be special. Well, here's where you are special. You are sanctified. You are set apart for special work by God. God knows each one of us. And God knows what we can do. He has given us our abilities. He has given us our gifts. He, he knows where we are valuable. And he knows what work we can do for him and for his benefit. We can be sanctified. We can be special people. When we are in Christ Jesus. That's right. That's where that works. That's where we are whenever we become sanctified, holy saints, special set apart to do something that is amazing. Ephesians 5.8 For once you were darkness, now you are light, if you are in the Lord. When you're in the Lord, the light of God shines. Now you can see those who live outside of the Lord, who have not named His name as their Lord, who do not reside in Him, Things can be very dark. It's hard to know where to go, what to do, what's important, what's not important. All those things become very confusing. There's so many different standards in this world that we can use to determine those, and some of them are just plain wrong. But in the Lord, we have light. In fact, it says you even become light yourself, and you're able then to show the way, to others, as well as to yourself. Second Corinthians 5, 21, very significant passage. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that, where? In him we might become the righteousness of God. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you are ever, <laughs> how many of you are truly ashamed of something you've done in your life? How many of you have regrets that you wish you hadn't done those things, hadn't said those things? And just pray that God can let that go. That God can give you a fresh start. He can push you on ahead. And even though you've made your mistakes, that He won't hold them against you and He'll enable you to continue on in your life. I want that. And that is his righteousness. And where is that found? In Christ. In him. Now this one is one of the ones I chose that I, just because I liked it. Alright, we're going to kind of run off the path here for a moment. You know, one of the things that's really troubling this world right now is the distinction between men and women, especially over on the other side of the world. People are suffering greatly. Because of an understanding of what men are supposed to be and what women are supposed to be. I think you know the, the kind of uh, attitude that I'm referring to. Well, isn't it interesting that in the Lord, if you're living here, look at what men and women are like together. Woman is not independent of man or man independent of woman. For just as woman came through man, so man comes through woman, but all things come from God. Isn't it interesting that when we live in the Lord that we have mutual respect for each other? That there is a symbiotic relationship there to where we see each other as equals and we we help each other in the ways that are particularly male or female, but there we are together. Now, our society has somewhat been formed by that idea, and certainly we cling to that idea, and we see so much that is going on outside of that kind of, of society and that world that is, is truly heartbreaking. But in the Lord, we understand that this is a special gift. Another one of those, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, and 13. We appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and respect those who have charge of you in the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that there are some leaders in this church that love me enough, that pray for me, that watch over me, that encourage me, that plan things to help me grow and to become more. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. And here Paul says, in the Lord you have that. You have this support system. You have this system that really does care about you, watch over you, and love you. I think I've got one more here. 1 Corinthians 4.17. This is just a little aside here, but he says, Paul says to the Corinthians, I'm sending you Timothy. Who is my beloved and faithful child? Now, was Timothy really Paul's son? Not biologically. But where did he find him to be his son? In the Lord. That in the Lord, these special relationships form. That there is just something about those people who live together in this place. Those who live together in the Lord learn to love each other. They find these special relationships that sustain them, whether it be brother and sister, father and child, mother and child, grandparents, that these are formed there in the Lord. Well, those are some of the things we discover when we look around this place. However, living in the Lord requires that we act in certain ways. Uh, It certainly sets our moral standards what we consider right and wrong and as our society and culture around us has changed those standards tremendously over the past generation or two and our young people especially but even all of us are tempted to behave in different ways one of the reasons that we try not to we commit ourselves not to is because that's not where we live we don't live out there we live in the Lord and because we live in the Lord, there's certain behaviors that are just not done. There are certain behaviors that are avoided. But then there are other things that are encouraged because we're in the Lord. And that's where I spent my time here. I wanted to show you this. Philippians 4.4. 4. We've said this verse. You know, this was one of the verses that anytime you had to memorize a verse to get your free ice cream cone at VBS, you know. This was one of the ones you chose, right? Because it's so short. Rejoice. But where are you given the ability to rejoice? Where are you able to rejoice even though life is not always easy? Even though there are challenges and struggles? Where can you be that even those times can be a time of rejoicing? Right there. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Philippians 4.2 two. Talking to a couple of ladies there in church, Paul says, I urge Iodia and I urge Synthica, who evidently were having a quarrel with each other, be of the same mind. Get along. Why? Because you both live in the same place. You're both in the Lord. And whenever we find these other people that are living in the Lord, we are tied to them and bound to them and committed to them to support and love and encourage. I love this one, Romans 16, 2. I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Phoebe was a deacon in the church at Synchria. Yep, they had them, women deacons. But anyway, I'm not going to go there right now. So that you may welcome her in the Lord. Uh, Isn't that interesting? That people who live in the Lord are the kind of people that have open arms. They know how to receive people. Now, Phoebe comes to them as a representative of the church in Synchria. She's a fellow saint. And he's saying that because she's in the Lord, you're in the Lord, you welcome her. You know how to do that. She's probably expecting that. But he goes beyond that. People who live in the Lord are hospitable people. They really strive to be people that know how to have open arms and to welcome those who come. Whether those people are yet living in the Lord, just like Paul, whose life work was to invite people into this special place, we want them here too. And therefore, we work at being people who know how to greet, to welcome, to embrace, to be hospitable people. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know what? Your work that you do is not in vain. I don't know if you've ever worked on something and it just fell apart, you know. You work on something, you spend a lot of time, and nothing ever comes from it. Paul says that when you live in the Lord, the work you do in that place and in that room, that is never in vain. It may seem small, it may be something great, but whatever part of yourself you are giving... To work within that sphere in the Lord will always be honored and rewarded by God. We come back to our text and um, about out of time, so obey your parents in the Lord. You know, you only have to obey your parents as long as you're living in the Lord, guys. I join with Paul saying, I hope you don't ever leave that place. <laughs> if we're living there in the Lord... We do honor our father and mother. Even as adults, we care for them and love them and give them honor and respect. And even though Paul does not use the word in the Lord, he refers to it sort of, he says, parents, bring up your children with this knowledge that you're doing this in the Lord, that this is a godly work, that yes, you discipline them and point them in the right directions, but you give them the instruction of the way of the Lord. And show them what a wonderful place that they live in. Well, this brings up a question we have to answer before we leave. In the Lord is a great place to be. How do you get in? Well, then you have to look up the word into. You know, if you're not in, how do you get into? Another word that is used constantly in the New Testament. Let me give you three verses real quickly that talk about this. He, Jesus, has rescued us from the power of God, has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Look what there. There it is. Right there in that place is forgiveness and redemption. I want to get in. How do we get in? Well, he puts us there. Another use of the word into. It's amazing to me if any of you, uh, well, Reed's not here right now, but any of you who have studied Greek, Know that, that oftentimes this word faith and believe is paired with the word into. We, ought, we translate it in our New Testament, in our English Bibles, as we believe in Jesus. But so often, that's not what it says. When Jesus talked about faith, he so often said, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes into me should not remain in darkness. It's, it's a motion. It's, it's traveling. You're moving into him whenever you believe in him. Whenever you decide, I'm going to trust in him, I'm going to give him my heart, I'm going to give him my life, I believe in him. Well, you don't believe in it, you're believing into him. The door is open, and you walk in. One more passage. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Don't you know that when you got baptized... You changed locations. You moved from outside in the world. You were baptized into him, into Christ Jesus. This is where we live. We know how to act, and we know how to feel. We know the security, and we invite all who are outside. Come on in. Let's stand and sing.